in hindsight, I was like, okay, I should have, I, I should have jumped off this thing. But what I, what I ended up doing is sort of holding on onto the front of the boat and that was going up and we're just going up and up and up. And the back of the boat kind of got out of the water, got, got airborne. And as it came down, um, I lost my grip of the front of the boat and I just free fell. And the last thing I sort of remember is just hitting my chin onto the bench of the boat and just hearing this crack. Hey guys, welcome back to When It Hits The Fan, the brand new podcast from Battleface Travel Insurance. Uh, my name's Jack, and if you joined us last episode, you'll know what we're about. We talked to some of the world's most adventurous travelers, from expedition leaders to freelance journalists, about their hairiest moment on the road and how they got out of it in one piece. Uh, we've got another great guest today in the form of Ollie Russell-Cohen. Ollie is the founder of Rad Season, a website that brings you the best in action sports, adventure events and cultural festivals from around the world. If you haven't checked out Rad Season yet, we're going to put a link in the video description below so you can find out about some of the planet's most exciting events, as well as book tickets and accommodation. Uh, I should say Ollie is also the host of Rad Season's new podcast, so make sure to check them out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and YouTube. So, without further ado, let's jump into it. Okay, Ollie, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks Jack. It's good. Yeah, good to be here. Fantastic. And you're in Germany at the moment, is that right? I am, yeah. So I'm uh, over in a place called, called Dresden, uh, which is about an hour away from Berlin, sort of between Prague and, and Berlin. Mm -hmm. And I've just found out you, you also, you actually live in uh, Lisbon at the moment. I do, yeah. So I live over there with my family and we moved to Lisbon from Sydney uh, in, in September last year. So Fantastic. Lovely yeah, place to live. Somewhere close. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, it's been pretty good. So, um, Ollie, let's jump straight into it. Like, uh, will, will you set the scene for us? Kind of tell us where you were, what you were doing there, and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll find out exactly what happened. Sure, so I, I guess, yeah, it was, it, it was two, uh, 2010, and normally every, every year, every summer, I've, I've tried to go on a, on a, on a guy's or like friend's uh, group surf trip. And that year we went over to, to Nicaragua, which is in Central America. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we were over in a place called Papoya, and the setup there is amazing. I mean, they've got all, all different types of waves, uh, from beach breaks to, to reefs. And what you normally do is you, you can either go on land and you can kind of do a little tour and you can go to different breaks, or you can get on a boat. So we were sort of uh, there was there was three of us that went over um, over from the UK at the time, and we were yeah getting up every morning at like I don't know it seemed like four thirty they just set this alarm, and it was almost we, we called it like the like the surf surf prison camp kind of thing. So they, they, it was like it was pretty rigorous. It was almost yeah. like a kind of uh, like a sort of fitness um, style surfing camp where you, you just surf all day and um, you know you have breaks and you eat. And yeah, it was, it was really, like really amazing setup. Uh, so yeah, we were kind of, we were getting up early and um, 
I think it was 10 days we were over there and the second to last day, um, you know, by that time you're completely surfed out and you've been surfing seven or eight hours a day. And yeah, we got on the, on, on, on the boat and every morning when you do get on the boat, it'd be a group of you for about 10 to 12 people and you'd go out and the boat would take you, it would dock off on, on the beach and then take you across to these reefs and you'd sort of look at different waves um, and sort of, you know, figure out which ones you were going to surf and what had the best wind conditions, that kind of thing. And it's pretty challenging and, surfing over there? Um, not especially, like really fun. So nothing, nothing super big. Mm-hmm. So the waves were like perf- perfect conditions. I mean, like, like Nicaragua has this lake in the middle of the country, which creates um, offshore wind, which is really good for surfing about, over 300 days a year, they have this perfect wind, um, which is super rare. And there's, there's nowhere else in the world that, that has those conditions wind-wise. So if you go there kind of any time between, you know, April until September, you can you guarantee that you're going to get um, pretty decent surf, unless you get really, really unlucky. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we're, sort of, we're out there and we, we, we were checking the reefs and, um, the captain on the boat is sort of in these open top boat, like wooden rickety old boats with an engine. Um, you're sitting on, uh, on, on, on this plywood kind of on these different benches. Um, me, me and a friend were right at the front of the boat and we were yeah checking out this reef. Everyone was looking at the waves. It was incredible conditions. It was like, oh, oh my God, like look at what's happening over there. And we weren't really paying attention to what was in front of us. And at that time, there was a massive set, almost like a freak set came um, of a series, probably about three waves just came towards us. As that happened, um, we we told the captain of the boat, we're like, look, look at the horizon, pay attention, something's coming straight at us. So he floored it. And as he did that, the boat just shot off and went completely vertical. Wow. Um, just as he hit full throttle, it just flew up in the air. And as I mentioned, I was, I was at the front with a friend. And this thing's probably about 20 foot. The boat so it, it, it's about, it's about 20 foot in length. And as we went up in the air, the boat went vertical and... At the time, I'm thinking, well, do I jump off the boat? And then if it lands, you know, it could land on top of me. Yeah, of course. Um, in hindsight, I was like, okay, I should have, I, I should have jumped off this thing. But what I, what I ended up doing is sort of holding on onto the front of the boat. And that was going up and we're just going up and up and up. And the back of the boat kind of got out of the water, got, got airborne. And as it came down, um, I lost my grip of the front of the boat and I just free fell. And the last thing I sort of remember is just hitting my chin onto the bench of the boat and just hearing this crack on my teeth. Um, And then the next minute I know, um, I just got a super bad headache and I'm waking up and I'm sort of, I think I've probably had a bit of a go 
at, at the captain. I was like, what's happening? I'm like bleeding out of my chin, checking my teeth. I cracked my teeth. I'm like, what, what, what's just happened? Um, the other friend of mine was like, um, uh, Gibbo, he was, he was right at the front of the boat. He was holding his ribs. And he was sort of like, you know, I think I've cracked a rib. So we're like, both of us sitting there. Everyone else was, at, luckily, was at the back of the boat. So they sort of, as it, as it caught off, they didn't get, um, they weren't thrown up in the air as, as high as we were. And I basically just ragdolled. Um, and the guys were telling me that I was out for about, I think, about a minute. Okay. Uh, um, and, yeah, I just remember going, like, I've got to get on a flight in, like, 24 hours. And it was going from Nicaragua to, I think I was changing at Houston for some weird reason, then going back to London. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a long way. Uh, it was almost, or it could have been like Nicaragua, LA, Houston, and then, and then back to London. It was like a 30 hour detour, the, the whole thing. And I was like, I was super concussed. Um, we got off the boat. Luckily they, um, Sort of assess the situation, realised that I was just completely out of it and just wasn't making any sense. And they're like, "Okay, we've got to, we've got to get this guy checked out." Um, it wasn't super like it was just one cut. I had about seven stitches in, in my chin, mm-hmm. um, which a local doctor did um, over over near the surf camp. And then um, I managed to get my teeth done. I just chipped two teeth, and I, I was covered. So, so when I got back to the UK. I had that all, all fixed up, but um, but but what about was that? Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. What was that? Did you manage to actually get your head checked out? You know whether there was possible concussion uh, from the injury? Um, no, I should have. I could probably kind of blame a lot of things on that now, but uh, yeah, right. no, but, um, no. At the, at the time, I didn't. I was sort of traveling to the airport with someone who was who was going back at the same time mm-hmm. and, and he knew what happened and he i was just like you know can just if i start getting weird in the airport you know yeah. can you just, just just make sure i'm all right um well, this is the benefit of course of traveling with friends you know if you were traveling on your own here you know okay right you're off to the airport you're, you're completely sort of without that support network and if you do start feeling dizzy or start speaking in tongues then you're in real trouble but uh yeah, exactly. I mean, luckily, you know, you've got a sort of good group of lads with you. Uh, so by the sounds of things, you know, that helped a bit. It did, definitely. And then also, you know, like befriending people over there as well um, was good. So, yeah, everyone was kind of, you know, checking on each other. So that was cool. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's funny how you, you kind of mentioned the rickety boat because, you know, I, I find that from my experience as well, you know, when you're, in a foreign country, your kind of standards of what you would accept from transportation just seem to plummet for some reason. Uh, you know, you wouldn't get on that boat in Devon, for example, but in Nicaragua, it's like, well, this is the boat we get on the boat. Yeah, um, I think that's just part of it. It's sort of it's like definitely for me as uh, as part of traveling. So you kind Absolutely, of yeah. you, you you try and go go to these places with like within reason, you know, like with an open mind and think, okay, well. This is what these are the boats they're riding over here. This is what we're going to do, and sure. you jump on, and that's it. Absolutely. Um, and what, kind of, what did you learn then from this experience, uh, Ollie? Was it something you came out the other side and said, "Okay, right, next time I need to make sure I'm, you know, covered for this particular eventuality, or next time I'm going to sort of, you know, 
check the waves beforehand or is there anything um, you learn or was it just one of these freak things where you go well you know these things happen when you're when you're traveling it was a bit of a bit of everything so definitely all, like never turn your back on the ocean always look out in front of you just to yeah, see right. um it's something like that like it was just 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 a freak wave if it, you know these things can happen uh being covered on on trips especially you know if you're going to be doing any sort of activities it doesn't matter if you're surfing or you know if you're going to go scuba diving or even like you know renting a motorbike or whatever it is you know trying to make sure that you are covered um and sort of thinking that you know you are in a different in a different place things can happen as well um and you know sometimes things are just out of your control so you kind of got to go with it yeah absolutely okay well um you got the teeth fixed there was no kind of long-lasting uh, damage yeah, to, the, to the mental faculties. Uh, so I guess you, you came out of it with a good story to tell and uh, and nothing longer lasting than that, Ollie. That's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, no, there definitely no long-term damage. So, yeah. Sure. Fantastic. So, Ollie, obviously, uh, as the founder of Rad Season, um, you know, I, I would maybe describe you as a bit of a kind of festival uh, fanatic. Um, obviously this year, no one has been able to go to any festivals so far and it doesn't look like there's going to be any music festivals or, you know, adventure sports events, but, you know, hoping in the future when this settles down, we're going to be able to sort of resume business as usual. But we asked you to name your top three, uh, essential items to take to, uh, summer festivals. What, what have you yep. got for us? Um, so the top three things... Not, like normally, like the, the the majority of festivals, uh, especially music festivals, happen within the summertime. So, bringing or putting on sun cream is is essential. Um, the amount of times I've kind of gone out in the morning and it's been overcast and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll be alright today, and then you know, you kind of. Yeah, you regret it halfway through the morning. Oh, yeah. You can, you can ruin your weekend. I mean, you're walking around with a horrible red face, just burning. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that's definitely something. Um, the second one is a reusable water bottle um, that you can fill up um, along the way. Normally, these, these places do have you know like water stations where, where you can fill up. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third is taking like either like a front pack or, or a backpack with you for valuables if you're going to like you're going to be needing like if you bring your phone for um for connecting with mates and taking photos or you know like money that sort of stuff so that's kind of i guess those three things and then yeah just bringing a smile as well and just Always enjoying fun. it and, and yeah having a good time absolutely well, fantastic well i mean um obviously been a tricky time for everyone um you know especially for you know an events uh, website i know you've kind of focused on a lot of uh, virtual events as well um and kind of you know stuff which is on upcoming you know maybe when when travel resumes shortly uh what's next for rad season do you have any uh, big plans for the platform uh so we're yeah we're we're working on on virtual events and so online festivals at the moment what we are then looking to do is um potentially so we, we we've released a like a 
a video series um, and, and, and podcast where we're, um, we're like, interviewing everyone sort of within the events and festival space, um, athletes, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now looking at, um, yeah, I guess uh, like clothing and sort of seeing if we're doing like our own sort of clothing line or, or merchandise to go along with, with the Rad Season brand. Um, and then Rad Season TV, we're looking at that for when festivals begin again next year. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, we will put, I think, a, a link to the website and uh, the podcast as well, which I know is available on multiple platforms uh in in the video description here and uh and i think that's that's it ollie thank you so much for uh joining us this afternoon from germany and uh yeah hopefully we get to chat again soon cheers it was good speaking to you and you bye-bye thanks okay that's all we've got time for this month but we'll be back in september with more tales of adventure from the world's greatest globe trotters If you enjoyed this video, we would love a like below. And of course, hit the subscribe button if you'd like to be notified about the next episode. Uh, We've got some great guests lined up in the coming weeks and we're looking forward to bringing those interviews to you. But that's it for now. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.